Thanks for choosing to spend time in the studio with Michael Card. What you're about to hear in this podcast was recorded several years ago in Franklin, Tennessee. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed since this was first broadcast, the messages discussed in these conversations still ring true. This session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more about the CSB translation online when you visit csbible.com. Listen now to this program from the archives. This is In the Studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd, And Michael, Easter is over, or is it? No, over. it's never over, Wayne. You know that. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. going to talk with Pastor Hewitt Sawyers today here in the program about keeping the resurrection alive. He'll join us here in the studio in just a moment. And and Hewitt's a brother who has lived this out. you got to live it out before you preach yep. it, and he's the perfect person to bring us that message. Also today, the testimony of a pastor who got caught in the grip of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Powerful testimony. We'll talk with Daniel, Daniel Page mm-hmm. here in the program today. A listener wants to hear you sing A Fragile Stone. Sure, We'll whatever. get to that later. And we'll uh-huh. also talk to you later, Michael. <laughs> a little update about what's going on with your life and ministry these days, what you're working on right now. Well, and... I, I appreciate the fact that you care. <laughs> oh, we always care. Yeah. Come on. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, a listener has requested that you sing A Fragile Stone here today. Sure. Uh, Paul and Angie have requested it. They don't really say much about the themselves or or where or how they listen to the program, uh-huh. but we know they're listening because they emailed us. Uh-huh. So they're just simply asking you to sing A Fragile Stone. So are you willing to do that? I'm, I would love to do that. This is a song that Scott Rowley and I actually wrote together. I like this a lot. The Fragile Stone, and then we'll talk with Hewitt Sawyers here today in the studio. You bore the burden of a name Along a road that would lead to the cross Bold and broken, upside down A light for the least and the lost He called you the rock, the foundation Of a temple formed from God's love His robe of forgiveness, wrapping you up Meant trusting in Him was enough His love called you out on the water held you when you were alone For you were the rock that was broken by love Forever the fragile stone His love was the hammer that broke you By His gentle and powerful hand The mystery of mercy undid your denials At last you could finally stand The door that He opened was freedom The door that He closed was your fear Simply to rest in the arms of His love Made all of your doubts disappear His love called you out on the water And held you when you were alone For you were the rock that was broken by love Forever the fragile stone A stone that is dropped in the water Will vanish and soon disappear But the waves that move out from the center In time they will reach everywhere His love called you out on the water 
and held you when you were alone. For you were the rock that was broken by love, forever the fragile stone. For you were the rock that was broken by love, forever the fragile stone. Card here in the studio, Fragile Stone. Well, Michael, it's uh, Easter's in the past now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's never in the past, Wayne. Every, every day oh, we I celebrate Easter. I, you... I just thought I had you there. No, no. Do you see <laughs> is stupid written across my forehead? Keeping the resurrection alive after Easter is what we're going to talk about. That's right. Today. You you haven't gotten Easter unless it becomes a part of every day of your life. Mm-hmm. You celebrate the resurrection. Every morning, I've heard this prayed in Hewitt's church, every morning, you, Lord, you woke me from the very image of death. So in the African-American church, you live at the, with this realization that the resurrection is something that happens with me every morning, every day. You're referring to is here, that right? Here at Sawyer's here with us. That's absolutely right, Mike. If it was not for the resurrection, there's no basis for us to have hope. Yeah. That one day we'll be able to see him. Yeah, and so do you only want hope during the Easter season, or would you would you kind of like to have hope all year long, yeah, I Wayne? I think so. I think yeah. so. <laughs> okay, there we go. Well, that sets you up perfectly. He, he turned on me here, Hewitt. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Glad to be here. Um, this is just an awesome opportunity to talk about what is uh, fundamental and germane mm-hmm. to us as Christian, because if it was not for the resurrection— uh, we don't have any hope. Yeah. Now you you're not just giving leadership to your church still, aren't you giving leadership to the whole district I'm, in your yes, denomination? I'm um, I'm the moderator of our district association yeah. and so we have 30 odd churches in our in our district association. And so what does that look like for you day to day? Are you visiting churches or are you helping to deal with problems or what does that look like? We're going to get to the place, hopefully, that we'll be able to do some visiting. But uh, typically, it's a situation of where we uh, take care of problems that pop up, uh-huh. where there are uh, churches that are without pastors and what have you. I participate in that, trying to get people there to uh, to help them out until they select a pastor. Okay. Uh, so it's it's a pretty busy job. 30 churches. Wow. Yeah. Is that all over Tennessee? Uh, just at, kind of in the middle Tennessee area here. Okay. Wow. The, the buck stops here. Huh? Buck stops right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always great to have you in the studio with us. And we're going to open the scriptures together today yeah. to talk about resurrection. Yes. Um, Wayne, I, um, uh, as we were contemplating this situation, uh, it seems to me that it is imperative that when it comes down to the Christian faith, that we have to look at what is fundamental in that faith. And the resurrection is fundamental to the Christian faith. Um, Wayne, could I get you to read uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, uh, verses 13 and 14 for us? Sure. Give me just a second to turn there. All right. Verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it awesome to realize that if we really are about anything in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it has to be tied to the resurrection. The resurrection is what is fundamental to who we are. Think about it. If there is no resurrection, our faith is just like faith in other religions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
It's Mohammed still living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, it's Buddha, right? Still living. Yeah. It's the thing that sets Christianity apart. It's what sets Christianity apart is that our faith is in a God that had victory over death and is now living. And we have the hope and the assurance that we will one day be able to live with him eternally. It's interesting because when I knew you were going to speak about resurrection, I looked in my concordance and tried to kind of get up to speed. And when you look in the Gospels, uh, the word resurrection usually appears in the context of some argument that Jesus is having with the Sadducees who believe there isn't a resurrection. So it, it's interesting to me that this discussion we're having right now is almost continuous with this long discussion that's been going on you know, for 2,000 years. What is resurrection? Is it possible? Can that really happen? Of course, the Sadducees say, no, no way. And Jesus is proving from the Old Testament that resurrection is a reality. So we're, we're a part of that same conversation. And we will probably continue to be. I think one thing mm-hmm. that is really uh, important as we look at the idea of resurrection is that prior to, in terms of proof of it, Uh in terms of uh, the disciples themselves, prior to the resurrection, the disciples were so afraid that they went to the upper room and they were hiding. Mm -hmm. They were really frightened of what would happen and would not have had any means of saying that Jesus told us that he was going to get up, but we just don't believe it happened. But after the resurrection, think about what happened. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, began to preach a powerful message. They spoke in different languages that everyone understood. Something happened. Something happened. But look at the power of what happened Hmm. that was upon the ones who were his disciples. And that happens today. I think we need to make sure that we get and understanding that if we understand what the resurrection is, we have that same type of impact upon our lives that we can influence others Hmm. to let them know that Christ does live. Hmm. So the resurrection, um, see, I always think of it in terms of validation. Well, that that showed that everything Jesus said and did was true. But what you're saying more than that is it really is a source of of power. It is. Yeah. Uh, um, I uh, I was thinking the other day uh, about this, and I said, well, uh, there are families like the Kennedys and Rockefellers and things like that, prestigious families with a lot of money and all of that. Do you know that those families, think about the, the Kennedys particularly, mm-hmm. Why would they feel like they could be the president of the United States even after JFK, one right after the other, mm-hmm. uh, ran for president? It was in them. They understood that they were a Kennedy, mm-hmm. and this was a right mm-hmm. that they had to run for president. And so it is when we understand the power of the resurrection, we have a right to have the hope that one day mm-hmm. we will, too, be resurrected and we will live with him forever. Now it's one thing to talk to sit in a studio and talk, you know, into microphones and hold our bibles and think about this. But it's another thing and and I'm 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 fishing here Hewitt. Uh it's another thing to be a pastor and to stand by the grave uh more probably several times in your ministry and talk to, you know, the parents of a child or the a spouse who's, you know, you know, lost someone. Um 
that that's when the, the rubber really hits the road. And, and so, what, I mean, what's been your experience in the context of death talking about resurrection? It's, um, that's always a very hard thing, Mike, to uh-huh. deal with. Uh, but I tell you the way that I usually deal with it is I go back to what Jesus said when he was talking to Mary and Martha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he says, uh, if you die— can a man live again in this situation? Yeah. It's what uh, uh, the Bible speaks of. But when he was talking about it specifically, he says, look, I am the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. I am the life. And so if I try to remind people that Jesus is the one that will bring you from where you are to where you want to be. Now, how you get there, that's still going to be left up to him. Uh-huh. All I can do is remind you what he said. Uh-huh. And if he says that he is the resurrection, yeah. then you will be able to come forth as pure gold. Well, it's almost like on on the way to the funeral, Jesus says to them, "He's going to rise. Yeah. your brother's going to rise yeah. again. Yeah. And they go, Oh well, yeah. Thanks for that word of comfort, right? You know, yeah. thanks. We're having That's this discussion. Exactly what no, we'll all rise yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Last yeah. And he goes, "No, you don't get this. I'm the resurrection." Yeah, 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 yeah. And in that resurrection, we can have the peace. Mm-hmm. That's the power that comes out of resurrection. And I don't know um, uh, whether everybody gets it at the same time or not, but uh-huh. I think what is so important is that when we understand the power of the resurrection, we're moved beyond what we can just see mm-hmm. because there's something greater on the horizon, and that is what Jesus is working in our midst, though we may not be able to mm-hmm. see it. Well, another thing, just just another idea, the, the resurrection tells me that there's more going on than I can see. I mean, what do you, what do, you do with that? I'm standing next to the casket of a of a friend and i remember when bill bill died we were all there at the funeral together and and you you put your arm around your brother and you say well he's going to rise again this isn't the end there's more going on than we can see i mean what do you does power come from that or does hope come from that or i mean i mean help me with that the power of the resurrection in a situation where you are at a funeral or, or death has just occurred the power or knowledge of knowing that if Jesus did it, mm-hmm. if your faith is in him and he did it. So my faith isn't in this this concept of resurrection, that there is this thing where people are going to get up again. Yeah. That's yeah. not the deal. Yeah, that's right. See, the, the idea is, is that when we understand that Jesus is our only example our only way of understanding what life, even in its eternal state, is about uh-huh. is Jesus. We have to follow that example. Now, Jesus did get up. There's plenty of biblical proof that he got up. I know you've, you've heard the swoon theory mm-hmm. and all of the oh, other yeah, things yeah. regarding yeah. the resurrection. Yeah. But, but Jesus bodily got up. The Pharisees and Sadducees had some problems with that, but he got up. Mm-hmm. Now, what help and power we receive when we are counseling with or trying to comfort someone who uh, is experiencing the death of a loved one is to just say, the only thing we can tell you is that it worked for Jesus. Mm-hmm. If it worked for Jesus, our hope as believers is that it works for us. Mm -hmm. And the knowledge 
of knowing that it worked for him, we pray will help you to understand that someday you will see that person again. Mm There's an, another aspect to this, and we're going to talk later in the program today with somebody whose life has been transformed mm-hmm. by Christ, and that's the other evidence of the resurrection, yeah. the other hope that we have from the resurrection yeah. is that life can be different. Yeah, yeah, and will be. And 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 I think um, uh, if when we look at the resurrection and the impact it has upon our lives, it gives us the assurance that no matter what happens as we tabernacle through life, whether it's uh, 30 years or 75 years, my aunt, uh, I have an aunt, my daddy's uh, brother, my daddy's sister, will be 100 years old in March. Whatever length of time it's going to be, it gives us the comfort of knowing that when trials and tribulations come in life, we don't have to be concerned about those. Yeah. You and you and I were just talking about a friend of ours that uh, has a very serious and believed to be terminal disease. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, we have been observing him and seeing the power that he's walking in because he doesn't have to worry about yeah. what's going to happen later. My hope is in Christ and Christ got up and he has promised me that if I'm in him and he's in me, that I'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm. What what peace it gives us as we walk through this life mm-hmm. to know that. So it's not just on the last day. Just not it's on the for last now. Day. It's for right now. <laughs> right now. Well, I wonder if one reason we, we don't, I don't, because I'm, I'm guilty of this, uh, don't focus on the resurrection more is, is partly because I don't focus on, on death. Uh, Malcolm Mugger had said that sex isn't the dirty little secret anymore. Death is the dirty little secret. Hmm. And I wonder, and, and I wonder if that's why the only time we, we sort of end up on this subject is, is when we are at funerals or we're talking to someone who's looking at death. So, how, I mean, how do we get beyond that? Because if you're talking about we're living out the resurrection every day, it's, it's not contingent on whether I'm close to someone who's about to die or I'm at a funeral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, uh, when you got up this morning, I mean, how did it dawn upon you that the resurrection means something to Hewitt Sawyer's? You know, mm-hmm. that's a that's a very deep question, uh, Mike, because um, most of us don't pay very much attention. We don't think about death. Yeah. Uh, if we did, uh, our behavior might be a little, I little think different. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, the, the power in Billy Graham's ministry is preaching is that he always reminds everybody yeah. you could die. You're die. Yeah. Now, yeah. let's yeah. let's go from there. Yeah. That's sort yeah. of his whole yeah. message. Work yeah. backwards from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and and. and it, I wished I knew the magic portion potion for that to yeah. get people to understand. But I'll, I will suggest this, that sometimes the reason for that is because of a lack of, of Bible knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, you just read that uh, passage that talked about if there was no resurrection of the dead, uh, then Christ was not risen either. And so then it challenges us to say, do we really believe what we say we believe? Mm -hmm. Uh, If we believe that Christ really did rise, then 
there must be resurrection. And if there's going to be a resurrection, then there has to be death. Mm. There are not very many mm. churches now that preach it, preach the old hellfire and brimstone type thing that there is a hell. Mm-hmm. You will die. And when you die, there is heaven or hell. We don't preach much of that now. But it is important for us to understand just what you said, that death is a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard a individual say once that when we are born, we begin to die. Yeah, that's a reality that we don't talk about very much, and because we don't, it doesn't have very much impact on the way that we live and our understanding of the resurrection. Well, I've never seen the connection because the Bible says you're, some are going to be raised to life, mm-hmm. and some are going to be raised what to judgment, to judgment, right? or eternal damnation. So, yeah, so so it's it's not we're not just talking about something that's going to happen to the people that have said yes to Christ. Everyone is going to experience a resurrection, and so that's a, the big question is what's the nature of your that resurrection going to yeah. be? I mean, what are you yeah. going to rise to? Uh, as you are as you're raised, where will you spend eternity? Because we are not only uh, body, but we are soul. We are spirit. Yeah. Uh, and that spirit is going to ter- determine uh, are going to live at some place forever. Yeah. Uh, Jesus blew. I mean, God, in his infinite wisdom, when he created man, blew into man the uh, the breath of life mm-hmm. when he did then we became a living spirit. Where are we going to spend our eternity? Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a couple of minutes left, and Hewitt, uh, we've been talking here primarily to uh, to the brethren, yeah, yeah, people who are in Christ. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someone's listening who says, you know, I, I don't know if I have that hope that these people seem to be mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Wayne, let me just uh, say this. To anyone who does not does not have that hope. The hope can only be found in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this life, we wrestle with standards. Uh, there are so many standards, governmental standards, other standards. But when it comes down to life and where we're going to spend eternity, there's only one standard, and that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. How do you get to know that? Uh, Romans uh, Look at Romans chapter 10, uh, Wayne and uh, Mike, and uh, verse 9. You want me to read it? Go ahead. I got it right here. Yes. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you you will be saved. Wow. You see how inseparably resurrection is tied to salvation. Because you've got to believe. You can't just believe that Jesus uh, is, Lord. Uh, is Lord. You can't just confess that you're a sinner. But you've got to also believe that God raised him from the dead. Inescapably linked. But I want to say to listeners who don't know Christ that the way you deal with that is that you have to begin to understand that this thing of resurrection is a part of knowing Christ. You can't know him just as Lord healing you and all of the other things, but that he gives the resurrection for eternal life. So when that new believer in in, in the context of your church, that new believer uh, makes that profession, and then uh, I don't know how many people, you probably haven't kept track of how many people you've baptized. But when we baptize, we talk, we speak in terms of now you are raised to walk in, in newness of newness. life. Yeah. 
Now, yeah. is that then 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 that's where that resurrection power sort of takes. Amen. Root? Baptism, uh, the way that we look at it, is a demonstration of the burial and the resurrection. Uh And so with that being the case, then a person who is baptized, when they go down, they represent death. Mm -hmm. And that's what you were talking about a moment ago, that death has to be uh, somehow the other made real. Mm -hmm. Going under the water represents death. When they come up, it represents the resurrection. And then we are walking with Christ. Mm -hmm. Raised to walk in newness of life. What a a rich conversation. Uh, Hewitt Sawyers, thank you. Uh, God bless you. Thanks for coming to the studio. Enjoy it. Great. Praise the Lord. And I think a good capstone to this conversation about uh, resurrection after Easter is Michael, your song, Know You in the Now. Michael Card here in the studio, joined by Ken Lewis. song that wraps up the first half of this podcast. If what you're hearing has stirred you to want to explore the scriptures further, look online for more from Michael that can help. Find music and books that explore the great themes in scripture. Michael's latest book is a collection of teaching on the life of Christ called The Nazarene. Come explore all that's available for you at michaelcard.com. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear, enjoy, and share. We're always glad to hear from you. Post a comment on the Michael Carr Music Facebook page or send your comments, questions, and song requests via email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. In just a moment, we'll be back with more music and a powerful conversation with Daniel Page about his struggle with addiction here in the studio with Michael Card.
I'm so glad the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is this month's featured resource. I spent a lot of time traveling throughout Israel, and I learn new things about the life situation of the scriptures every time I go. This Bible edition reminds me of where I've been in Israel, and I hope it'll make the scriptures come alive for you too. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. Be sure to apply the 40% discount available on your CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 as one word in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. The Holy Land Illustrated Bible is packed with hundreds of pictures, articles, maps, and illustrations that will bring the ancient world to life. Dig deep into the text with the helpful study tools as you discover the meaning and message of God's Word to you today. I hope you take advantage of this beautiful and well-thought-out study edition of the Bible. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible now at csbible.com. studio with Michael Card. More coming up here, more music coming up on the program today. Michael, let's take a few moments. I think listeners would like to know what's going on with you and your life and ministry right now. Wow. Well, thanks. I mean, like busy, I said, busy, 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 well, I know. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I go around the country preaching about uh, the disease of busyness and <laughs> <laughs> spending time with the Lord and being quiet and stillness and simplicity, I think, is a song. Uh, and then you spend hours and hours driving between concerts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know what to do about that besides just ask people to pray that, you know, maybe I could live up, do a better job of living up to the things that I, I talk about. Mm-hmm. You finished the book on slavery. I finally finished the book on slavery, and that was about two years. It's a book I wrote twice, and I hope that never happens again. Uh, but because, uh, you got to tell the rest of that story. Well, nah, it was actually written as a novel first, a really poor novel. And, uh, <laughs> and I, but I'd researched the subject of slavery so thoroughly for the novel, I realized I'm not a novelist. Someone asked me, and so I thought I'd try. And uh, 400 pages later, I realized I'm not, I'm not a novelist. So uh, Harder than it looks, isn't it? It is harder than it looks. But, uh, it, but it was obvious in the course of the book that I was much more interested in the topic of slavery than in any of than the, the storyline. <laughs> right, right. So the book is called A Better Freedom. And it really is a book about freedom. Uh, but it's uh, the idea that you only... You're only truly free by becoming a slave to Christ. And so slavery is a theme all through the New Testament in Paul's writings and in the Gospels. That's what the yeah. book's about. I think if listeners could be here right now to ask you a question, they'd ask you how they can pray for you and your family. Well, my thing is I always ask for strength. Um, uh, I, I'm a person who, uh, who needs strength to do this. Uh, and for my family, uh, I, I always ask people that would, they would pray that we're able to to stay connected, to keep our connection going. Because not only between my wife, Susan, and I, and that's you know that's hard enough. When you're home 24 hours a day, it's hard enough to stay connected. But uh, coming and going, and, and now as the children, I have two in college mm-hmm. now. My two oldest kids are both in college. So as they come and go, staying connected with them, and then I have two teenagers, a, 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 a 13 and a 15-year-old. Let's so pray. Pray that they would, <laughs> that we would be able to keep connected because as a family, uh, thank the Lord, we really do love each other. Yeah. We have so much fun together as a family, but yeah. it's 
hard to stay connected. You know, I'm going to make a suggestion. This just occurred to me just now that if people go to michaelcard.com, you can click on your calendar and find out where you're going to be and yeah. what concerts and what speaking engagements. Yeah. You know, if you think of it, just pray for Mike. You know, I, I get letters from people who do just that, and that is such an encouraging thing to, to move into a situation. Sometimes you've been you've been driving six, seven hundred miles, and you're tired. And and but but I'll tell myself, I know that there are people that are praying about this, and that is a great encouragement. All right, now it's time. Joy in the journey. Here's Michael Card. joy in the journey there's a light we can love on the way there is a wonder and wildness to life and freedom for those who obey and all those who seek it shall find it a pardon for all who believe Hope for the hopeless And sight for the blind with Him Who belong to eternity Stranded in time And weary of struggling with sin Forget not the hope that's before you And never stop counting the cost Remember the hopelessness when you were lost Cause there is a joy in the journey There's a light we can love on the way There is a wonder and wildness to life And freedom for those who obey Freedom for those who obey. Joy in the journey. Michael, you don't know this, but when you call my cell phone now... The ringtone is Joy in the Journey. Oh, really? <laughs> How about that? Where did you get that from? Oh, it's a secret. I'm not going to tell you anything more about it. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm not so sure I like that. <laughs> we have a guest on the line with us. You know Daniel. Daniel and I uh, met on the road and uh, have known each other. How many years, Daniel? Well, we first really connected in December of 05. Yeah, long time ago. Daniel Page, yeah. welcome. Thanks. Wish you could be in the studio with us, but it's nice to talk with you today. There you go. We just want to hear your story. 
Well, the the story, the connection with uh, with Michael is that song that you, we just heard, uh, the, a story of of uh, learning after I met the Lord how much I need the Lord, mm. and um, that was one of the big things that came out of this experience is is realizing when I first met the Lord, I didn't realize who I was meeting. He met me at that point. I know that in uh, 1982, uh, but. Uh, some Romans chapter 7 experiences found their way into my life, and or I found my way into them, I guess would be a better way to say it. And uh, the long story short is back in June of uh, 2005, I uh, found my way to a psychiatric hospital here in Northeast Ohio. Um, last place I thought I'd ever be, but turned out to be one of the best places I've ever been because of how the Lord met me there. What a... Uh, what happened was uh, I allowed uh, pressures and, and um, fears and failures to uh, bring me to a place of being locked in what a, another friend of mine says, in, in a prison, prison of protection and pride. Mm. And it's a very lonely place. Mm. And um, so I had turned back to alcohol when I, before I became a Christian, um, I've learned in this journey there are some very real whys behind the what's that are explanations, but but I can't allow them to become excuses. Hmm. And um, it, I was 12 years old when my folks divorced, and and uh, now I, as I've grown and I'm, as a dad, I I more and more understand why God says He hates divorce. He doesn't hate divorced people. He doesn't uh, hate those who suffer from it, but He hates it. Yeah. because of what it does. And so I started drinking and smoking dope when I was 12. And uh, the psychiatrist I wound up uh, connecting with in the psychiatric hospital, uh, on our second or third um, time together, uh, he, he he wound up saying something like, you know, you're who I studied in school. Wow. Like, uh, I'm surprised we didn't meet earlier, um, living for years with an undiagnosed and undealt with, I guess that's not a word, but never dealt with, um, you know, some physical damage that that alcohol and and marijuana do to your brain and uh, all all these explanations that started clicking. And um, so anyway, it was joining the journey. That was when when Michael was up here in December. Um, I mean, just imagine this. Uh, you know, locked down in a psychiatric hospital on a dual diagnosis floor for uh, chemical addiction and mental disorder, uh, thinking there is a joy in the journey. (laughs) (laughs) And the line that, that, uh, and to those who are born of the Spirit and who share incarnation with Him, who Mm -hmm. belong to eternity, stranded in time and weary of struggling with sin. I I was flat out tired. Mm. I'd been living you know, trying to compartmentalize and manage my sin. One of the biggest things, that, too, a big thing that's come out of it, is nobody, nobody knew except my wife and then our, our kids. Wow. Till uh, all of a sudden, Pastor Dan has vaporized. Where is he? And, uh, and then that began this journey of, of um, brokenness, of learning that, re- that, that freedom... Freedom has to be uh, reaffirmed daily, but it's really only found on the other side of um, a brutal honesty that uh, sometimes has to be painful 
because this is another lesson. The only time the truth hurts is when it has to. Well, let me ask you a hard question because yeah, I, I know you well enough to ask you a hard question. Okay. Uh, in uh, people, people like Dostoevsky, people who, who have been who have been in prison and found faith there, uh, frequently after the experience say, "Thank you, prison." Because I would have never known, you know, the Lord hmm. to the degree that I know Him now. Uh, can you look back and say, "Thank you, psych hospital. Thank you, uh, you know, for all the things that I went through." Have you come to that place? Absolutely. How can you say that? Be- because somehow it became the 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 place of transformation, and though it's. I think I said that it's the last one of the last places I thought I'd ever be at that point in my life, though I didn't realize it when I walked in the door. Uh, it it became the best place for me. Um, yeah, I, 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 with with revelations that I probably only well I know I had them there. Like, what do you do with a control freak who's out of control? Wow. And uh, and and then having to face. Yeah, if uh, he, of course the Lord could have done anything, anywhere, anytime, but all these things converged, and it was at that place where I found myself, you know, in a, a, a mental hospital, um, realizing we, we've got a problem. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then that began the restoration, and it continues today. I, you know, I'm, I'm still learning yeah. What it means to know and love the Lord. We've been talking about resurrection here today. You talk about a resurrection, huh? Yeah, yeah man. It's an on, oh. it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the one day at a time is not just a nice little thing to say. It's a it's a it's a reality. Jesus, the Word says, you know, teach us to number our days, and, mm-hmm. and we get life twenty four hours at a pop. And mm-hmm. one of the lessons I learned too in, in this hospital is that sobriety, be it from any besetting sin or bondage. Is there's no accrued interest on sobriety, especially mm. alcohol. I mean, my experience with that, that, you know, guys been sober for 20 years and go back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, frequently because they think, oh, I've been sober. All, this is this is my my balance. Yeah. This is my yeah. fund of sobriety. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm safe. I'm paid up. Yeah, yeah, one mm-hmm, one of the movies we watched in this place is called The Lost Weekend, and anybody struggling with any addiction, I would suggest getting that. It's an old Ray Milan movie, black and white. Classic line near the end of it, when the enabling brother wakes up and realizing he's the enabling brother, he says to his alcoholic brother, he goes, don't you get it? For somebody like you to take a drink is like somebody thinking, I'll just jump off this high-rise and fall one floor. Oh, wow. Mm. And another thing that's helped me stay away from alcohol, and again, for alcohol, and only God knows how many you know, pastors or church leaders or brothers and sisters will hear this and, and, and you know, say, that, man, I, that's me and I need help. For me, one of the things that's, that's helped me stay away from, because alcohol is a drug when you go for it for a mind and mood-altering thing, and, and the thing that's hard about alcohol is it's so available, yeah. it's legal, yeah. And uh, and, and so f- and frequently offered to you by well-meaning yeah, yeah. friends. Well, oh, but there are people who love God more than I do who can enjoy you know a, a, a glass of wine or a beer yeah. or something. Not me. And and so for me, I, I in my little brain, I've 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 labeled it like a rattlesnake, a pet rattlesnake. So good way to look at it. Well, 
A, how stupid to have a pet rattlesnake, <laughs> and B, why would you take it out and play with it? Because if it bites you, you die. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, that, 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 that has helped give a, just a quiet confidence, but that's strong in the Lord that, you know what, I can live the rest of my life one day at a time without any alcohol. Yeah. And at the end, I was drinking in the morning. I, it was bad. It was, hey, Daniel, we, we've got just a second left okay. here, but just what is life like now? Yeah, I want to hear uh, what's your ministry like now. Well, it, <laughs> there's, a, there's a difference to it in that people, you know, there's so much freedom in not having to hide. It burns a lot of energy. And um, people, I've been asked this question, I don't ever recall being asked it before, ever, before this. And uh, people seem to feel free enough to ask me now, can I tell you something I've never told anyone else? Mm. So there is, a, there is a, a freedom to be honest, I think, um, yeah. I know, that I've experienced with people. And who, you, you find that you're uniquely qualified now to speak into the lives of people who've had a similar experience? Well, definitely, in the sense of I can relate. I know how you feel. I know what it is to wake up thinking I, I, I know, yeah, that I can look them in the eye and say I recognize that look and I see that mask, I, I, I can wear it myself. Wow. Well, Daniel, thanks for giving us uh, some of your time. It's, it's, a, it's good to hear your voice. It's great to hear how, how, how well the ministry is going up there. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it. Michael, uh, we have to wrap it up with Daniel, but you're going to sing for us. And, you know, you asked Daniel the question earlier, you know, how can you look back on the experience and give thanks to God for it? Yeah. I think your song here uh, answers that question as well. Daniel, thank you. We're going to listen to Michael sing, Come Lift Up Your Sorrows. You may want to depart 
no sorrow Their closest to His heart So lift up your sorrows And offer your pain Come make a sacrifice Of all your shame He's waiting for you to worship Him with your wounds, for He's wounded too. In this most holy place, He's made a sacred space. For those who will enter in and trust to cry out to Him, and you'll find no curtain there, no reason left for fear. There's perfect freedom. Glad you joined us for this time of music and scripture and conversation centered on God's Word. It's our prayer that the scripture and music were used by God to deepen your love for the Savior. If this is your experience, please email your reactions to this hour. You can send your comments when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. Again, email us in the studio at michaelcard.com. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you take further steps in understanding God's message to us. Find a study Bible that interests you, and when you order, use the promotion code CARD40, typed with no spaces, to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. Now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and of course our producer Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to this edition of In the Studio with Michael Card.